Section 23 of The Age of the Condottieri by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 10 Pope Alexander VI, Part 2. The visit of Cesare Borgia to the court of France had a profound political effect. The Pope received authority to overthrow the vassals of the Church in Italy. He did not lose time in beginning the work. He made his daughter Lucrezia, regent of Spoleto, a town which up to this time had never been under the authority of a signoria. He drove the Gaetani out of Sermonetta. He declared the great reigning houses, the Malatesta, the Montefeltri, the Bentivogli, to be deprived of their authority. Machiavelli has praised this design of freeing Italy from a multitude of rulers. Cesare Borgia, who principally effected it, and who is Machiavelli's ideal prince, is one of the most remarkable characters in history. He was extremely handsome. His terrible lust was controlled by a cold and acute understanding. He had at his command all the arts and devices of secret government, mysterious silence, deceit and delusion, a careful laying of plans, swift action at the proper time, pitiless cruelty, and knowledge of mankind, perhaps rather of their weaknesses and vices than of their virtues. He could use both good and bad means for his purposes. He could be just and generous, but only when it suited his ends. We may be glad that such monsters of iniquity, if they now exist, cannot exercise their influence in high places, but find their way eventually to the felon's dock. Cesare Borgia began his conquests in the Romagna in November 1499. He first attacked Imola, which fell an easy prey, and then Forli, which was defended by Catherine Sforza, rather a virago than a woman. It yielded on January 12, 1500. After the conquest of these two towns and of Cesena, Cesare made his triumphal entry into Rome. In the meantime, Ludovico Sforza had been the sport of the most varied fortune. Maximilian could be of no use to him in the Tyrol, so he went on into Switzerland and persuaded the men of Uri to help him by promising them some extension of territory. He swooped down upon Milan from the slopes of the Alps, surprised Trivolzo, who was defending it, and entered it on February 5th. His triumph was of short duration. Louis Twelfth sent La Tremouille to recover the lost possession. Ludovico was betrayed by the Swiss in Novara. On the night of April 9th, the Burgundians and Germans penetrated into the Duke's chamber and said, You are the King's prisoner. He exacted the promise that he should be taken to Bellinzona. He then dressed himself like a Swiss soldier, and soon afterwards contrived to mix himself up with the sixteen thousand who were there and got out of Novara. But a Grison captain pointed him out to the French. Il Moro, when he was discovered, said, I surrender myself to my kinsman, Monsieur de Ligny. The Duke was first taken to Lyon, and then to Loche, where he remained ten long years in prison. His brother Ascanio was also taken to France, but was let out after a short time. Milan remained in the hands of the French, and Bellinzona was given to the Swiss. 
in the summer of fifteen hundred rome was horrified by another fearful crime the young prince of bisalia the husband of lucrezia borgia was coming out of the church of st peter on the evening of july fifteenth when he was stabbed by an assassin who immediately disappeared the wounded man was carried to the pope and named the murderer lucrezia who was present immediately swooned the name was not revealed but it was well known to be cesare borgia for a month the wounded man lay tended by his wife and the pope and surrounded by guards it was no secret that cesare had determined on his death at last on august eighteenth cesare entered the apartment sent lucrezia away and strangled bisalia with the assistance of a paid assassin after the conquest of imula and forli cesare turned his arms against faenza then governed by astore manfrede a youth of sixteen who was the darling of his people the town was reduced by famine astore was captured by treachery and sent to rome where he was imprisoned in the castle of st angelo and put to death cesare received the title of duke of romagna and alexander did not hesitate to alienate this large province from the holy see bologna was to be the capital and cesare hoped eventually to unite with this principality the sovereignty of italy after this in may fifteen o one cesare turned his attention to florence and threatened to restore the exiled piero de medici but the florentines bought him off and by the intervention of louis the twelfth he was recalled to rome a treaty had been signed at grenada on november eleventh fifteen hundred between louis the twelfth and ferdinand of aragon who then assumed respectively for the first time the titles of the most christian and catholic king the object of the treaty was the conquest of naples by the combined force of the two monarchs and the partition of the kingdom calabria and apulia were to go to spain the rest of the country to france federigo a wise and gentle sovereign beloved by his subjects was entirely ignorant of the storm which was preparing in his simplicity he went so far as to request the king of spain to assist him against france the treaty was communicated to the pope who gave his adhesion to it the ostensible reason for the conquest was that it might be the stepping-stone to an expedition against the turks the pope's real reason for acquiescence was that when spain and france had worn themselves out in the struggle naples might fall to the lot of cesare borgia the french army invaded naples in the summer of fifteen o one consalvo da cordova to whom the terms of the treaty had been communicated and who was the subject of king ferdinand treacherously betrayed federigo who had committed his fortunes to his keeping capua was taken by storm with circumstances of great atrocity federigo dismayed and thunderstruck at the treachery of his nearest relatives and most trusted friends threw himself upon the mercy of the french king louis the twelfth gave him the duchy of anjou and a considerable pension he died a prisoner at tours in fifteen o four his son fernando preserved the title of duke of calabria and prince of tarentum he died in fifteen fifty nine and the neapolitan branch of the house of aragon came to an end the conquest of naples by the french gave the pope an opportunity of attacking the barons of latium 
during his absence in the field he left his daughter lucrezia as regent in the vatican that a woman should be placed even temporarily in the chair of st peter is a measure of the degradation and corruption of the holy see the property of the vanquished barons was divided between Rodrigo, the son of lucrezia and the murdered alfonso and giovanni borgia a bastard son of the pope by these means nearly the whole of the states of the church came into the hands of the borgia family the unfortunate lucrezia was now compelled to contract a fourth marriage with alfonso son of ercole d'este the duke of ferrara the object of this was to acquire support for cesare borgia in the north of italy the marriage which took place on december twenty eighth fifteen o one turned out better than might have been expected and lucrezia lived happily with her husband and children she held a brilliant court at ferrara her beauty virtue and wisdom were exalted to the stars by the poet ariosto the cardinal bembo to whom she sent a tress of her hair still preserved and seen by byron and the scholar aldus minucius she died on june twenty fourth fifteen nineteen and on her deathbed wrote a touching letter to pope leo x committing her husband and children to his care and her soul to his prayers cesare borgia was now tyrant of rome and the pope was entirely unable to restrain him a venetian had written a pamphlet against the pope and his son he was smothered and thrown into the tiber when complaint was made to alexander he said that the duke of valentinois was a good-natured man but that he could not bear to be abused i have often told him he said that rome is a free town and that every one may write and speak here as he pleases that i am often abused myself but i take no notice of it the duke answered me if rome is accustomed to write and to speak in this manner good but i will make people who do this suffer for it the death of astore manfrede at the age of seventeen and of his brother at fifteen was brought about by cesare's orders cesare left rome in june fifteen o two to continue his operations in the romagna he was already master of a considerable territory he desired further to occupy camerino urbino florence siena and perugia and to be proclaimed king of central italy the latter half of fifteen twenty was occupied by the crimes which were undertaken for this end the first two towns he gained by treachery he then took the title of cesare borgia of france by the grace of god duke of romagna of valence and of urbino prince of arditi lord of andici piombino standard-bearer and captain of the holy roman church his name was extolled by flatterers to the skies men of genius like leonardo da vinci entered his service his attempts on tuscany failed louis the twelfth forbade him to touch florence the king of france found himself again summoned to italy by the course of events since the partition of naples peace had never been secure between the spaniards and the french there were disputes about the boundary and in this age of bastard chivalry every one preferred the occupations of war to those of peace a notable incident was the disfida or challenge of barletta 
on november ninth fifteen o two the duke of nemours marched from melfi toward barletta which was defended by consalvo de cordova fabrizio and prospero colonna and other italian lords and barons the soldiers on either side vied with each other in deeds of valour in january fifteen o two the spaniard diego mendoza made some frenchmen prisoners at dinner some hot words arose between them and inigo lopez de ayala who defended the honour of the italian soldiers against the attack of the frenchmen it was settled that the question should be fought out by thirteen on each side the battle took place on february thirteenth fifteen o three in a plain between andria varletta and quadrara ettore fiera mosea the leader of the italians returned victorious bringing with him the frenchmen as prisoners it is said that nothing discouraged the french army so much as this defeat and from that day fortune abandoned them the situation of affairs in europe was at this time remarkable the two most prominent countries were france and spain the heir of ferdinand and isabella was their son juan who seemed destined to reign over the spanish portion of that great peninsula which was now united for the first time he however suddenly died and his posthumous child died also as soon as it was born isabella married to the king of portugal now became the heir and it seemed as if the entire peninsula would be subject to a single ruler she however died and her son miguel after her the inheritance now passed to juana the third daughter of ferdinand and isabella who had been married to philip the fair son of the emperor maximilian an heir had been born to them on the day of st matthias february twenty fourth fifteen hundred who was afterwards to reign over half europe under the name of charles v it was the consequence of such a series of accidents that such vast dominions were united under a single crown as ferdinand and louis the twelfth were at least nominally in alliance and philip the son of maximilian was son-in-law to ferdinand it need not appear strange that the emperor should invest the king of france with the duchy of milan cesare borgia did not secure his conquests entirely without opposition frightened by his designs on bologna his condottiere leaders were against him and brought him into the greatest danger the great machiavelli the author of the immortal prince was now in the service of cesare borgia and has left us an account of these events he tells us that on the last day of the year fifteen o two valentino was marching along the shore which stretches between fano and sinigalia there met him in the suburbs of the city vitellozzi paolo orsini the duke of gravina and oliverotto fermo he entered with them into the city machiavelli noticed that the face of vitellozzo was pale perhaps the duke had let a word fall which betrayed his design arrived at the castle he called the captains into his room and had them arrested vitellozzo and oliverotto were executed that very night the pope did the same to the cardinal orsini prayers and bribes were squandered in vain to save his life it was believed that at the very time when the pope was promising to spare him the cardinal had already drunk of the poisoned cup the pope 
immediately seized the castles and possessions of the Orsini, and their property was only to some degree protected by the intervention of France. In the spring of 1503, the Borgias stood at the height of their power. The Pope was sturdy and strong. The Orsini and Colonna lay conquered at their feet. Cesare was destined to become king of Romagna and the Marches. France alone stood in the way. But for that power, Cesare would become lord of Pisa and possibly of the whole of Tuscany. Even this obstacle seemed in a fair way to be removed. The French generals Aubigny and Nemours were entirely defeated by Consalvo. A French historian remarks that Louis XII was justly punished for allying himself with such monsters as the Borgias. Alexander was separating himself from Louis and preparing to ally himself with Ferdinand to drive the French from Italy. Louis offered Alexander the possession of Naples if he would surrender Bologna and the Romagna. Alexander was beseeching the emperor to invest Cesare with the lordship of Pisa, Siena, and Lucca. La Tremouille lay ill at Parma, but intended when he recovered to march on to Naples with a new army. These complicated intrigues were brought to nothing by an unexpected event. In the early part of August, the Pope and Cesare were supping with Cardinal Adriano, a very wealthy man in his vineyard. Shortly afterwards, they were both attacked by illness. The Pope died on August 18th. Cesare, after lying in the agonies of death, eventually recovered. It has always been supposed that they were poisoned. The corpse of the Pope became rapidly black and was horribly swollen and disfigured. He was buried after a long interval on September 3rd in a miserable manner without funeral rites. The explanation usually given is that Cesare had intended to poison the Cardinal in order to seize his property, but that by accident or design the wine destined for the purpose was handed to the Pope and himself. Some modern historians see in this only a violent attack of autumnal malaria fever. The consequences of this event will be narrated in the next chapter. End of section 23